So I am sitting here with Jane Dong and Chris Holly, who have got an exhibition at the M16 Gallery called Granite and Grain. Tell me about the location, firstly, of the photos that you were taking. So Granite and Grain put something in your head about sort of earth and, and the tones, but you were out in a national park near Canberra, is that right? That's right, right on our doorstep. If you watch amazing sunsets every day, you're looking out towards the Brindabellas. Beyond that, you've got Namadji National Park, and then that sort of actually borders onto Kosciuszko National Park. So we're sort of at the foothills of this really amazing alpine and subalpine area. Sort of having grown up in Canberra and spent a lot of time out in the bush and wandering around Namadji, it's an incredibly magic place. The thing that's really beautiful about it is it's covered in granite. All these amazing cliffs and boulders, it's just like a Somebody's just come along with a whole big bag of massive marbles and just dropped them around everywhere. And I thought I'd uh, introduce Jane to Namadji. I've introduced lots of people to Namadji over the years. Took her out there and she was crazy enough to follow. The photos are mostly of rock formations, so exactly as you were saying, Chris, but there's also sort of paths and just grass and that sort of thing. Why was that important to you guys to capture? That's a good question. A lot of the environments up there are subalpine so you get these really beautiful snow gums and they kind of lead down to really amazing grassy plains so it's also got a really interesting european history and a lot of early people probably to their folly and stupidity tried to turn it into a you know high cattle country and all that sort of thing you can't excuse endeavor and what people thought at the time was a good thing to do but the remnants of that is a lot of grasslands and a lot of grassy valleys that are there so we didn't really try and pick anything out as such that would sort of say let's just do rocks or let's just just do grass what we did each time when we we went out to lots of different areas out there we sort of just immersed ourselves in in what was there it's a good way to start with a picnic and then pick your camera up and start to wander around. And I can only talk for me, but for me to sort of see what I see and attracts my attention when I spend a bit of time in that place. And you really do have to spend time and sort of dwell there to let those little things start to come up and show themselves to you. So, Is landscape something you've done before? I'll ask Jane this, because I know you work at the Portrait Gallery and, and also at, at um, Photo Access. So that's a lot of, I know, I've seen some of your work before and it's quite a lot of portraitures. So was landscapes a bit of a challenge or what a trait? I do use some travel photography as well. So I, I do enjoy taking landscape photographs. I've never done anything like granite and grain before. So this was all new, a lot of fun. So it was, it's just going out there and enjoying the, the space, the area, friends eating. And it was all just enjoying i think our photographs kind of capture our time out there um and our experience our, our journey there capturing what what we see out there what we like now onto the way that you actually have put this together so there's sepia tone pictures but there's a special developing process that was attached to this that you were telling me about at launch chris that sounded sort of VHS and beta of photography. (laughs) Can you explain that? Yeah, sure. To sort of put it in context, what we did when we went out there and we sort of spent time there, you really see how ancient that landscape is and how a lot of the processes of nature and time, erosion, you know, the, the place is baked every day by sunshine, clouds, it gets snow in winter like we see on the mountains there. 
So it goes through these sort of processes and these cycles. And when you're actually out in that space, you are in the sunshine, it does rain, you sort of experience all of that. So rather than here's a place where everyone can go and everyone everyone can go to the exact same places, there's nothing that's stopping anyone from packing up this weekend and heading out there. But what we wanted to do is try and work out a way with the photographic project to incorporate some of those processes in there. So the rain, the sun, the erosion and all that sort of thing. So we decided to go back to what's generally referred to in photography as an alternate process. And alternate processes are the ones that didn't quite make it through. When photography was really starting to pick up late 1800s, early 1900s, everyone was kind of in this mad rush, like, you've got to do my process because I've patented this one and this is going to be the future of photography and this whole new art form that was just killing art and, and everyone was really excited about but also really nervous about was taking off. The modern photography we have is based on silver. And what we did was went back to an old process that was developed in England by an astronomer called Herschel, which used iron and silver. The good thing about those days was you could actually process it out in sunlight. So this was all before darkrooms existed or before people had the, you know, enlargers. And for people out there who have been in the darkroom, they'll know what it's like to put a negative in the little enlarger and turn the light on and focus it and do all that sort of stuff. So in the early days, they didn't have any of that. We decided to go back to that process, and there's a lot of steps that I'll let Jane talk about that kind of have to go through to actually make that photo. So we had to make them rather than just sort of take them and print them out. So what we did was we went out, so we're at Namaji, we got our rolly flexes out, we decided to shoot in black and white film, and then once we captured our images over the two years, we got the film, during that time we got the film developed, and then we would edit the film and we'll, we'll use the light box and kind of select the images that we liked. And once we did that, we would scan the images. Once we scanned it, we'd uh, play around with it and in Photoshop, manipulate it a little bit. And then when we were ready, there was a lot of processes. Once we were on the computer, we edited some more because we scanned quite a, quite a few works in. And we'll sit together and edit our works down and we got some feedback from uh, Fee and Victoria as well. And we were thinking about some names sometimes, why, what which works might look good together, um, how we were going to display it together. After Photoshop, it had to go, we had to make a negative. So then we had to print it on a transparency. A bit like the old overhead projectors yeah. used to have at school where they kind of put it on there. So it's like a, a clear sort of film, really. Yeah, like acetate. Mm, yeah, like acetate. And then once that happened, we went to the darkroom. I went to Photo Access. They let us use their darkroom after hours because we both had jobs in the daytime. So we'd go into the darkroom with our negative. And then we there's, there's these three solutions that you put onto watercolour paper. And then once the solution dried, we'll put the negative on top of that. And then we put it under a UV light source. Because it was dark after hours, we, we used a UV light box uh, that you can get. Like the cool ones you see at discos, you know, you, you go up and your shirt goes all white and you kind of show your teeth and if you've used mm. the right toothpaste, then you glow at night. <laughs> so we got a, we got a little LED one like that that's sort of like the, like the flashing yeah. lights at a disco, basically. Yeah. So that's equivalent yeah. to sunlight. And as Jane was saying, because we have day jobs, mm. we can't sit around sunbaking all day and mm. making prints. So well, which is, that would have been fun. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holiday in the sun, making photos. But anyway. It was exposed to the UV light. We would wash the, uh, the image and then that, that would take a couple of minutes and then we'll fix it a couple of minutes and then we'll have to wash it again. Uh, the archival wash. 
which look about 40 minutes. Each of those steps, what sort of happens when we went into the computer and then when we print it out, we actually lose information each time. So it's sort of almost eroding the image as you go along each step. And then sometimes if you wash it too hard, because you've coated it into the watercolour paper, it's a bit like doing a watercolour wash, except that artists would normally, they'd, they'd start a watercolour and they'd do a background wash. So if you wanted a blue sky, put a, a nice blue wash on. In our case, it was actually sensitive to light, so we're making an image in that. So if you're painting that on and you don't do too well, then it might have a bit of roughness on the edge or might not soak into the paper properly. And then if you're too aggressive with it when you're washing it, you might wash a bit of the image out or it might not fix properly. So every step deliberately had a little bit where we might lose some information. And again, we wanted to sort of really celebrate that old way of making images that you do lose those. So... Digital's brilliant, but you don't you don't lose anything. You know, it's you can make a hundred thousand copies of it. That's fun. You know, that that's really instant. But it's kind of like getting in there and really driving this process and sort of not knowing what you're actually going to get and sort of having those little variations and you know, it's like a, a personal touch to it. Like mm-hmm. Jane would sort of say, it's like every every print has your own fingerprint on it. So if you're you're a bit tired and sloppy coding it, then hey, that's how your image is going to turn out or adds a bit of character I think so every image is unique even even if it's not coded exactly it still adds a nice element I think character. I do like that idea actually because I know that they're for sale at the the M16 gallery as well and so if you wanted to buy one and you had to then go and make two of one and that sort of thing it would be absolutely different it'd be close but it would still be different. Yeah, exactly. It would still be unique, which yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah, it is cool. And it's kind of cool from a photographer's perspective as well because that sort of digital analog thing, you, you're kind of creating something distinct for every every person. So it's a little bit of tricky mm. work, but it is fun. Mm. There will never be another one in I the world like that. I was going to say, that. my God. <laughs> <laughs> so super unique. So any future collaborations? Are you? I know Jane from talking to her earlier has not thought about what even her next project is going to be. Chris has always got about five on the boil. <laughs> yeah, I've got four that I haven't presented to Jane yet. I just I'll let her catch up on her sleep and stuff like that before I propose the next. But fair enough. No, but Chris yeah. has got a show coming up next year at M sixteen as well. He's that he's already working on now. Yeah, yes. yeah, you got to got to plan ahead. So <laughs> what's that one? Tell uh, us that, all about that's it. called um, Tar Love, and uh, it's actually a celebration of bitumen because. Believe it or not, according to CIA global figures, nearly 25% of the Earth's surface is covered by bitumen and tarmac. It's actually a Um, little terrifying. It is a little, yeah. So it's one of those surfaces and sort of, I guess if you like, landscapes that most of us just drive by and walk over and don't even think about. So I've sort of been researching that and and exploring that just as a, a landscape and a surface in itself. So... Um, and, of course, a bit of a play on words of the old um, ubiquitous tar love Australians colloquialism. So, yeah, celebration of, of tar. Well, we're going to have you back in when that gets up, certainly. Yeah, there's a lot of roads around to photograph between now and then. <laughs> Are you actually going out in the car and going, oh, there's a pothole, hang on, stop? Yeah, almost. Yeah, I mean, I don't stop the car suddenly, but I, I do get out and walk around a lot. Interesting. Photo Access have been really helpful and that's great. Jane, I know you wanted to throw in a little plug. Photo Access in Manuka, they're near the Manuka Pools and they've always got different workshops happening and different talks there. So please uh, visit their website, photoaccess.com.au. 
No, it might be photoaccess.org, I think. Look, it's one Do of the a Google search. It's one of the two <laughs> things every Canberran should have is a subscription to TWX and a membership to Photo Access. Yeah. Um, and, Didn't and even pay him for that. No, That's you don't don't need to. But I mean the the great thing about Photo Access They've been around for so many years and they, they started at the same time. Probably a lot of people don't know this, but they started at the same time as Tilly's Divine Cafe, also Goanna Print, which unfortunately isn't around anymore. But those three sort of started with an amazing kind of vision and Photo Access is still going and, as everyone knows, Tilly's is still going as well. They're one of the very few community access darkroom and, and digital photography premises and facilities around so for anyone that's you know even if you've got a a vague hobby interest in photography just don't let these things go we're really really grateful to to jan and rob and 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 taya for for letting us in and you know this isn't really about giving a plug and trying to say hey everyone everyone join up it's actually really serious because this kind of work can't be done without those public access facilities so you know when that place dies then alternate photo processes and analog processes go with it it's great to see there's a huge resurgence now in in analog you know people are picking up polaroids and sort of going hey this is amazing there's a magic here so that place has been real cornerstone and foundation for so many careers and so many artists in canberra so join up yeah yeah, support them um granite grain is on until when Uh, 25th of september Everyone, get along because it is really gorgeous and there's also a couple of other exhibitions on at the same time. Yeah, there's a huge stellar cast of, of artists there at the moment. We, we kind of feel like new kids on the block, yeah. <laughs> little, little limpets hanging off some pretty major league names in photography in Canberra. Photorama is pretty much the way M16 are promoting it at the moment. Get down and see some amazing imagery. Perfect. Thanks very much for coming in, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us.